Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. You know, as Christians, we are called upon to be strong and courageous and to persevere through trials and tribulations. However, even the strongest among us can struggle with our emotions, especially during difficult times. And, and you know, low emotional fortitude can manifest itself in many different ways, such as anxiety and depression, anger, low self-esteem. The good news is there are several practical steps that Christians can take to strengthen their emotional fortitude and overcome these common issues. And this is especially true for those of us who may not be, let's just say, spring chickens anymore. Okay, we don't have time to be wasting on trying things. We want to provide for our senior years. We want to make sure we have enough to live on and enough to be a blessing to others as well. We want to make sure that we're still around when we retire to enjoy the fruit of our labor and not leave it for the kids. Amen. Well, our guest today helps us to do just that. Jim Bloodsworth is the founder of JG Seal Group LLC and Abundant Boomers Club Fitness, and he is a certified health and nutrition life coach. Back in October of 2021, he was already helping his clients to prepare for what we see today. He was sharing his outlook on, on what was coming in posts, such as his Facebook group, where he said, in the next six to 12 months, we're going to see an economic tsunami. The housing market, stock market bubbles are going to burst in rapid succession. I think we can look at back at that and that look at that quote and say, it has come to pass. Amen. Jim helps his clients to improve, though, in three main core areas, physical health, mental health, and financial health. And he's here with us today to give us an overview in these areas to help you take the first initial steps at not just surviving, but thriving. Amen. Help me welcome to the program, Jim Bloodsworth. Jim, it is so good to finally get a chance to bring you on the program, brother. I've been looking forward to this. Well, thank you, Bob. I appreciate that uh, glorious uh, introduction there. Hopefully, I'll be able to live up to that uh, that uh, introduction here today. And I appreciate the opportunity to to share this message with your listeners. Um, we 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 survived a lot in the last uh, probably three years, I guess, with yeah. the the pandemic, the post pandemic, and now we've got the. Uh, you know, whether or not you believe we're in a recession or depression or whatever, you know, the economics of the country and the world in general yeah. are putting a strain on everybody. Yeah. And, um, Amen. you know, as Amen. Christians, like you say, we're, we're called on to be strong and courageous. We're, we're called on to persevere through through all the trials and tribulations of life and everything. But but, you know, like you say, even the strongest of us struggle from time to time. Yeah. Amen. And, so, and uh, so. And, and as a baby boomer myself, you know, I have to say that that I didn't grow up in a, in a time when we were taught that emotions were important. <laughs> you know? and, and as a baby boomer guy, it was even worse because we were told that big boys don't cry. 
And right. so, uh, you know, it didn't matter if you were a, a Christian, a, a Buddhist, a Hindu, or an atheist, you know, uh, as a guy growing up in the 50s and the 60s, you were taught that, you know, those emotional things, you just stuff those, hand those off to your sisters and your mother, you know, they're, they're yeah, the right. emotional creatures. Guys aren't right. supposed to be emotional. That's right. I'd fall down, skin my knee or elbow or something, and my dad would say, put some mud on it and get up and keep going. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Those better not be tears I see on those sides. That's right. That's right. Well, the first question, other than the brief information I just shared, tell us in your own words, who is Jim Bloodsworth? I am a Christian father of uh, seven, a husband um, for, of uh, the last 38 years, and um I am an, a, a mild-mannered engineer by day and a, and a coach uh, at nights on a, and on weekends. So Amen. Um, Amen. I basically grew up uh, in the 50s and 60s. Like I said, I'm, I'm a baby boomer, a card-carrying member of the Baby Boomer Club. Um, I basically grew up with a scientific mindset. Uh, I've always been, you know, inquiring and, and looking for the, the basis of things, uh, but I went into, I guess, government service after my first job, the, the contract ran out. And I worked for 42 years for the federal government as a civil servant, retired in 2017, went, went to work for a uh, contractor to, to support the same group that I used to work as a part of. Uh, so that's, that's how I pay the bills right at the moment. Uh, but I'm also... Uh, have been for many years interested in the concept of emotional intelligence uh, ever since it really gained popularity back in the 90s with uh, Daniel Goldman's book. And I've studied it and, and applied it in my own life, uh, sometimes with success, sometimes with less than success. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's as, as times go and as times change, I think we've seen uh, in the last probably 10 years, but especially in the last few years since the uh, onset of the pandemic, the younger generation is much more, if not in touch with their emotions, they are certainly more willing to express their emotions. Let's put it that way. Yeah. 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 When I, when I grew up with somebody who, who was sensitive and, and expressed their emotions a lot and, and let everybody know how they felt, we, we said that they wore their emotions or wore their heart on their sleeve. Well, these days they wear emotional bodysuits. <laughs> they are all about emotions. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Well, I know you talk a lot about emotions and struggling with our emotions, but how important is it to understand how our emotions impact our overall life? Well, Bob, I think that's it's critical. That's the the first step that it, that we have to take in becoming an emotionally intelligent human being is to understand how our emotions affect our behavior. Um, there's a process that, that goes from thought to emotion to behavior. You know, the emotions don't just spring up on their own. They're, they're, you know, there's a thought behind them. And so for us to be able to understand what thoughts are behind the various emotions that we experience and how those emotions affect our behavior, that's becoming self-aware, and and that's that's the first step in becoming emotionally intelligent is to be self-aware, and and as Christians, you know, we have a lot of things that 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 we use, a lot of tools that we use to uh, to manage our lives. You know, prayer, scripture study, um, uh, contemplation, you know, and, and that sort of thing. So 
those are all tools which actually work well and in, in, in concert with the emotional intelligence process. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's it's key to establish a relationship not only with ourselves, you know, because we have to know ourselves first, right? Know thyself. Yeah. But also with our families and with God. And in order to do that, we have to be able to understand the emotions and how they affect our behavior and how they affect our relationships with ourselves, our families, and with God. Amen. Amen. Well, I know as Christians, I mean, does this impact us as a Christian in ways that, let's just say, non-Christians may not be impacted? Yeah, there's a there's a there's sort of a, a paradox, <laughs> you know, in 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 being Christians, we have, you know, Jesus Christ is our exemplar, you know, he he's not only our savior and our redeemer, but he's our example, and we try to pattern our lives after his, and he is probably the most emotionally, if not absolutely, most emo- emotionally intelligent human being ever to Amen. walk the face yeah. of the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's an example that's at times hard to keep up with. Mm. And so the pressure uh, sometimes where Christians may have the, you know, we're told in the scriptures, you know, be therefore perfect, you know, as your father in heaven is perfect. Yeah. And so sometimes that thought, it's misaligned with reality. He didn't say be therefore perfect right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a process. Perfection is a process. We aren't expected to achieve perfection here and now. You know, his son did that, and and that was great. But he doesn't expect us to do that here. And he doesn't expect us to do it alone. He never said he was throwing us down here and then, turn, you know, turning off the phone, you know, and hanging <laughs> up and not talking to us again. Right. He expects us to progress. And non-Christians possibly don't, That that's probably the biggest uh, thing that they don't see is that, we are trying to live up to a standard that is unattainable in this life. And so we need to be able to understand our emotions so that we can get them, get that process under control and understand that we're not expected to be, be perfect. Now failure is a part of life and we learn more sometimes from our failures than from our successes. So try fail, pick yourself up, learn from that failure and then progress and move on and grow closer to the Lord. Yeah, amen. I, I always tell people that I have a PhD in failure because I usually <laughs> learn by making mistakes. Oh, don't want to do that again. <laughs> amen. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. So what is low emotion, emotional fortitude and what's the cause of it? So low emotional fortitude can, can present itself in, in lots of different ways. Um, Anxiety, depression, uh, uncontrollable anger. I mean, anger is okay, but it needs to be tempered, right? Um, low self-esteem, feelings of, of overwhelm, like there's just so much to do. You know, I can't get it all done. I don't have enough time. Heavenly Father, I need I need more time. Can you, can you give me 30 hours for the next couple of days? You know, right. so, and, and then finally, you know, the, the, the end of, uh, uh, as far as I know, is uh, of low emotional fortitude is burnout. You know, we get to the point where we just we're just so overwhelmed we can't do anything. And this is especially true of 
uh, or Christian leaders, you know, in the clergy and, the, and leadership. They're trying to, they, they've got so many plates in the air, right? They're trying to keep their families, you know, going and intact. They're trying to keep their relationship with their Lord, you know, in, in, in good shape and good standing. And then they're looking out for their congregation, you know, for their the, the sheep in their fold. And sometimes the administrative aspect of, of being a, a leader in the church weighs against all those other things. And, and he, it's just hard to keep all those plates going at the same time. It is. And it is. Sometimes yeah. after a period of, of time of, of doing this, you know, it can lead to burnout yeah. where you just they, they just quit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, I, I had a situation like that with us. Oh, gosh, I guess it was 20... 15 2016 and the radio station was getting so busy plus the interviews were growing this podcast was growing plus i had other you know outside commitments going on and and you know i was doing all the edits myself and loading the servers the whole the whole thing and what started is i could do an entire week in about five six hours on a sunday afternoon turn into 12 14 16 hour days seven days a week and never being able to catch up, you know, it's always like, you know, okay, got this because guess what? Another week starts tomorrow. So you got to start all over again, you know? And uh, somebody just asked me to do something small. And it, it was like, you know, on the interview or on the recording I sent, and I just finished loading the radio station for the entire week. So that part's done. And she even said, I was listening to my recording and the dog barked at, the 22 minute mark. Can you edit that out for me? And that was the straw that broke the camel's back. I emailed my entire board of directors and said, I quit. Find somebody else to do this. <laughs> I was done. I, I, that was it. And, uh, and, you know, they talked me off the ledge. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I was, I had hit burnout and all it took was that one little email. I could have just said, no, I don't have time to do it. But to me, that was like the end of the world. That's it. I'm done. You know, I'm walking well, away, you know, and, uh, but, uh, yeah. Well, you're, you're in good company, Bob, because, uh, <laughs> a, a recent study by the Christian Leadership Alliance actually found that 77% of Christian leaders suffer with some stage of burnout. Yeah. 77%. That's just astounding to me. Yeah. And this, this has been, going on because our ministry is now getting bigger and the podcast is growing. I actually have three podcasts I have to manage and do interviews on now. And uh, plus the training programs and all that. And I noticed about a month ago that situation was coming back. So what I ended up having to do is actually just block every other week from interviews so that I could have a chance to keep everything, you know, at least instead of being 98% busy, it's down in the 70% range, which is manageable. But uh, I it's, needed, it's, it's important I to, to it, it's a shame that we have to, but it's important to schedule downtime. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's, that is so important. But, you know, I mean, emotions are important. Yes. I mean, you, you want to have good emotions, though, limiting the bad emotions. How can you improve one while diminishing the other? It's a uh, uh, fat. Well, Okay, so for, first of all, and, and you know, I don't want to be you know contrary, but that all emotions are are, mo- are their emotions. Emotions are they are they're part of our life. There's no such thing as a good or a bad emotion. Mm. Um, we 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 shouldn't because when we 
couch it that way, we think, oh, well, we need to get rid of the bad emotions. Well, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Emotions are a result of something that's happened to us and a thought, <laughs> right? So stifling emotions is what, what you know, got a lot of us in the, in the, the fix that we're in. So we need to recognize that emotions are valid. We need to feel through those emotions and then learn how to manage our response to those emotions. Mm. So like, for instance, um, like you say, scheduling downtime, you know, to, to, to stave off the burnout and the overwhelm, you know, when things start to get to the point to where they're overwhelming, take time to stop and breathe and come back to the present moment. Because typically overwhelm results from when you are trying to cram too much of your future into your present. Mm, yeah. Well, present yeah. is only so big. <laughs> present is like right now. <laughs> so trying to cram too much, get too much of your future done before you get to it is where we get into overwhelm. And so a practice, what we call mindfulness, is bringing yourself back to the current moment, stopping, taking uh, several deep, deep breaths where you breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth, and then you basically focus on your breath lets your your mind relax from all the other pressures that that you've got crammed in there and then and then you can then proceed to go back into uh whatever it was that you were working on this is something that you can do anywhere in the workplace probably not not as easily while you're driving or operating heavy machinery but you know (laughs) there's a way to do it (laughs) Without losing, you know, focus on what what you're doing if you're doing something like driving and that sort of thing. You can practice uh, the deep breathing is something that you can do just about anywhere. Plus, it increases your your oxygen level a little bit. So that exactly brain cells and all that other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Because a lot of times what happens with overwhelm and and when you get into a a crisis of of burnout is that your, your breathing changes. You get into shallow you know, shallow breathing and, or even you hold your breath sometimes, which is really terrible. So, so focusing on that breathing exercising can really help you to bring the, the, the emotional level back down to a manageable point yeah, and allows yeah. you to then move back out into, into reality in a more calm, a calm manner. Well, I know you discuss what's called the current emotional climatic divide. That seems like a huge statement. Can you share with us what it is and how that impacts us? Well, in the last few years, probably, I'd say the last seven years, maybe, or eight or so, the world, to me, has been coming to a crisis of consciousness. And um, people have been more angry. They've been less tolerant. They've been more divisive. Um, They've identified uh, with a particular group or circumstance or position to the exclusion of all else. Um, uh, Honest and Candid debate has basically been thrown out the door. Um, we are becoming less capable of discussing issues and discussing our differences without basically losing control 
and 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 not being not not being willing to accept that somebody else might have a valid opinion if it's different than your own. So it's it's a combination of things. I think that if you know a lot of socioeconomic factors, uh, you know the crises in in the economies around the world in different countries. Um, where uh, the, the the influx of refugees uh, from you know one continent to another or one country to another has put social and economic pressures on the, that country, um, and and it's caused resentment in in the the home population against the the immigrants, and so there there's so many things that have come come into play. Our 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 own you know the American political scene in the last seven years has been one that has exploded beyond way beyond what I saw in the sixties, you know, when we were doing the anti-war demonstrations and all that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. the, the political climate is such now that, that neither side is willing to sit down and discuss the issues in a rational, calm manner with the other. And so everybody is picking sides and looking for a reason to be different and a reason to set themselves apart from the other person as opposed to looking for commonality. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, that has caused an emotional crisis because the relationships between people have, have been strained to the point of breaking. Uh, The pandemic was essentially the tipping point there, Uh, you know, where, where isolation prevented people from getting the social, feedback from one another and and we're, we're human beings and as human beings we're social creatures we thrive well the extroverts in us thrive in large groups the introverts in us thrive on very small groups you know but we all still need contact you know we've got brothers and sisters out there that that um, spiritual brothers and sisters you know all of us are that that we need to have contact with in order to maintain our own position in the world and understand how we relate you know with their position and how then we all relate to god we're all supposed to be one right he told us that you know if if you're mine you're one if you're not one you're not mine you know so we we need to come together and 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 we have not seen that It's, it's it's been getting worse and worse as time goes on for the last i'd say at least seven years how has the rise of social social media contributed to this emotional problem <laughs> uh, well i'll try and not get started on that one um, <laughs> that's almost a trigger word for me <laughs> um, you know in the old days we used to talk by phone and you could hear the other person's tone of voice or we'd talk in person and you could see their non-verbal body language and hear their tone of voice. And all those cues give us an idea of how that person is feeling and what's behind the words that they're saying. You read a text, and I'm sorry, an emoji is just not a sufficient uh, cue for for how they're feeling at the time. Uh, You can't get body language. You can't get tone of voice from a text or from a Facebook post or from, you know, a Twitter you know, tweet, <laughs> you know, any of those things, even the videos that they put out, there's still something missing there. Uh, you know, we can, we can relate over the screen and virtually, um, but it's not the same as being there in person. 
Right. And so I think that the rise of social media has caused two things that have drastically reduced the emotional intelligence of the population in general. One is, is that lack of that non-verbal non feedback, the, the, the body language and the tone of voice and that sort of thing. And the second thing is it has reduced the attention span of the population as a whole to that of, of a goldfish. You know, it, it is just um, everything has to happen now. You know, we, we send out a tweet or a, or a post or a, or a text, and we expect somebody to be sitting there waiting for it, you know, with bated breath, and then, oh, okay, and then they type in the response, you know. And if we don't get a response, it's like, well, they, they've, they've ghosted me. Well, no, they, maybe they're working. Amen. <laughs> maybe they're taking a badly needed nap. <laughs> yeah, really, because of all the emotional stress. I said, I'm just going to go take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's Amen. right. Hey, folks, Pastor Bob here. We're all out of time for this portion of this great interview with Jim Bloodsworth, founder of the JG Seal Group LLC and the Abundant Boomers Club Fitness. And he's a certified health and nutrition life coach as well. And Jim has been sharing with us some important information on how he helps his clients to improve basically in three main core areas, physical health, mental health, and financial health. Amen. And if there was ever a time we needed this kind of information, it is definitely now. Praise God. Drop down on the show notes, click the link there to get in touch with Jim Bloodsworth. See if he can help you to achieve more in life this year. Amen. Be sure to come back, though, for the conclusion of this interview in the very next episode. Till then, this passed about reminding you to be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential.
potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success. Thank you.